Welcome to the Go Well podcast. This is Kate Mercer and today I'm talking with Robert Prug from People Reaching Out to People, PROP. People Reaching Out to People is a mental health education program focused on addressing the underlying stigma often associated with depression and anxiety. Much of mental health awareness is littered with harmful stigma born out of outdated social standards and as long as this is even partially influenced by such restrictive and debilitating social stigma, the ability to engage empathetically with loved ones, friends and workmates is compromised, says Robert. Put together by recognised academics and licensed practitioners, PROP is a tutorial series which is delivered electronically in four modules, each module taking no more than 10 minutes to read. The purpose? That through education, social stigma can be changed to empower people to engage with friends and loved ones who are experiencing depression or anxiety in much the same way as they would if they were battling with a physical medical condition. It takes a village. Welcome to Go Well, Robert. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for this opportunity. Truly appreciate it. Well, I think we do as well. Can you just start by giving us a bit of background about yourself and how you started people reaching out to people? Sure. Well, firstly, let me start out by saying that I have no history as an expert or practitioner within mental health. I came at this purely from a personal perspective. And that personal perspective was back in 2015. I had the sad experience of losing not one, but five friends to suicide. Of these five individuals, none of them were interconnected. None of them really knew each other. Different genders, different locations, different backgrounds, different circumstances. But nonetheless, five in one year. And as your audience will probably know, losing a friend to suicide is always difficult, but losing five is, yeah, challenging and soul-wrenching. Subsequent to this, I really wanted to research and understand it. I just couldn't understand or put my mind around how I could have lost five people in one year. So I immersed myself in Dr. Google and began to research mental health and suicide. And through that, through communications as well with friends, I was introduced to other experts. And the more I learned, the more I began to understand, the more challenged I was by this. And I'm not sure I could have answered a simple question. And the simple question is, could I have helped? When you lose a friend to a car accident or cancer, clearly that is a painful event. But when you lose a friend to suicide, it's much more personal because Mm -hmm. the questions you ask yourself relate to you and your relationship with that individual. What could I have done? Should I have spotted it? Could I have prevented it? And as my research and studies continued, I was really saddened by the fact, by my own belief that I don't think I would have had the strength or felt empowered enough to engage 
with the friend or loved one. Not because I didn't care, quite the opposite, but because I cared too much. But I had this fear, this incredible fear that what if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm my interaction uh, doesn't stop it, but only contributes to it? And it was then I really realized that, hang on, this can't be normal. Surely this is not normal. And as I was talking to these experts, it became abundantly clear that what was holding me back was the stigmatic beliefs that many of our generation, and by our generation, I'm really referring to anyone post-Generation X baby boomers and older because for whatever reason how and what we were taught about mental health is actually (laughs) counterintuitive and not factual Mm. and it's not that we were taught by it in schools it's just our surroundings it's our environment Mm. and so yeah uh, the more i read the more perplexed i was but what really threw me over the edge was speaking to an expert who told me, if you have a friend who is being challenged by depression, it is a good idea to ask them if they're having suicidal thoughts. Mm. I was blown away when this expert told me this. I said, what? You're kidding me. There's no way I should ask that. Surely that is giving them suggestions and ideas or perhaps misinterpreted to mean something other than that I care. And the experts, not just one, but all of them said, no, it's been shown that it helps. They said, Rob, if you think that they hadn't had suicidal thoughts before your question, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. They've had those thoughts. By asking that question, so I was taught, is that you're putting it out in the open. You're letting them know that they can talk to you, that they don't have to hold that shame. They don't have to hold that inside, that you are there for them. And that is when I knew that, okay, my inability to help my friends is caused by something I can unlearn. Mm, Yeah, really powerful. And so just I think you said when we spoke Earlier, just uh, confirm this for me, uh, that as a population, we tend to think of mental health as a weakness and something we need to fix. Yeah, look, it's, it's I don't want to um, brand uh, everyone with this same brush, so mm. please excuse me mm. uh, in suggesting this, but I would suggest that the older generation, again, Generation X, Baby Boomer and older, we weren't really taught about empathy. And if we were, it was really done by our parents, but even our parents weren't necessarily taught that. So it was kind of something that we just didn't talk about. Um, You know, we would have spoken about our friends and family that we've lost to car accidents or cancer, but we didn't talk about any friends or family that we lost to suicide. And so for whatever reason, there's a cultural generational impact, stigmatic impact on the older generations than the younger generation. Because when I talk about mental health, 
with my now children in their 20s, they are much more informed, Mm -hmm. much more empathetic, Mm -hmm. much more engaging than I was at their age. And so I think the school system has gone a long way to overcome some of the stigmatic beliefs in the younger generation. Mm -hmm. But in our generation, it's probably more prevalent. And again, I would hate to brand everyone with Mm -hmm. this, paint everyone with the same brush. So apologies to all those who have been at the forefront from the very early age. But I would still say that nonetheless, my observation is that the older generation is more beholden to the stigmatic beliefs around mental health than the younger generation. Well, I'm a baby boomer and I certainly accumulate to what you're saying. I think it's easier to just not have any conversations than to engage, particularly because you don't know what to say. I think in a lot of respects, even with somebody who's got cancer, but suicide particularly, uh, because you just, yeah, you don't know. You just don't know what might be the outcome of that. But if you can learn, as you say, and that's, that's what your program's all about, we'll come to that a bit later then that makes a lot of sense. Can you talk to us about um, the person, uh, Kevin, that you connected with in the US? Absolutely. Kevin is someone I had the uh, great pleasure of meeting about three years ago. And he was out in Australia with his wife promoting a video on his experience. Suicide isn't only exercised by those who have depression, but multiple other reasons. Some of it could be bipolar, some of it could be psychosis, some of it could be social, divorce, loss of job, economic, or what have you. But in Kevin's case, it was um, a mental disorder or bipolar disorder. And in his dark days, he would struggle and would suffer from suicidal thoughts to the point that when he was young, he decided to take his own life, that he had enough. And he said to himself, if I walk on this bridge and someone stops me and acknowledges me and sees me, I won't go ahead with it. So he walks on the middle of the bridge, no one says anything, he's about to go and he's tapped on the shoulder Hallelujah. He turns around and it was a Swedish backpacker, I believe, who just wanted her photo taken. So Kevin is one of the rare survivors of jumping from the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Now, you have to remember, now you've seen the photos of the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm sure, but just to put it into context, particularly for Sydney siders, it's at least around two times higher from the street to the water. And so there's only like a handful of people since 1932 who've jumped off and survived. And he is one. And keep in mind that the Golden Gate Bridge is a center point and is one of the hotspots when it comes to suicide. I think they get something like one a week, some crazy number, dangerously crazy number. And of course, the vast majority of those, when you hit the water that speed, you can imagine what happens like hitting concrete. In his case, he landed in a way that still crushed just about every bone in his body, but he survived. And meeting him gave me some wonderful insights 
besides him being a beautiful soul, a warm soul, I learned so much more from someone who lived it. And the two things that really stuck out to me that he said is I asked him point blank. If I would have asked you, um, are you having suicidal thoughts? Would you have answered? And his response to me, at least at the time, was, I don't think so. However, I would have remembered that you asked. And people who are suicidal often know they're suicidal and don't want to go ahead with it so much so that they, they may walk around with a lifeline card or a suicide prevention card in their wallet or connected to their phones for those moments. So I may have called you and I may have called you at my darkest point, knowing that at least because you've raised the issue to me, I could discuss it with you without judgment. The other thing he said to me, which was later verified by other people uh, I spoke with, uh, most like Sydney Rail, the head of Sydney Rail, is that the moment, that split second that his feet left the bridge, cognitive thought came back with a fury and an incredible amount of remorse and sadness hit him like, what did I just do? How could I have done this? And so we hear about this as, you know, your life flashes before you right before of an accident. And, it, and perhaps for someone who is under the depression, the cloud of depression or bipolar or suicidal thoughts, that split second when they enact their attempt to suicide, cognitive thought comes back in a flash. And in Kevin's case, he begged to live. And he said, if I live, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be much more involved. Um, he since made a movie, which I, I've seen. He's also been on TED Talks. Uh, you can Google him. There, he's on numerous videos, a fantastic individual, as is his wife, and someone who really taught me a lot and motivated me in more ways than one to help others. Well, it's, it is an incredible story. And I have actually just shared that uh, trailer of the film that's on uh, Go Well Radio Facebook page right now. Um, but let's come back to you, Robert, and um, this program you started, people reaching out to people because you you had your own epiphany as well didn't you yeah before prop was launched mm. um the more i read and the more i released myself from these stigmatic social beliefs around mental health the more empowered i felt the more confident i would have felt that i could be present for someone who is struggling with suicidal thoughts. I may not be able to prevent them, but at least be present and in that presence, hopefully help them and guide them into seeking proper help. The epiphany from that though, is that I have no qualms whatsoever in telling you just because I donate money to the Cancer Council or just because I read up on cancer or auto accidents or what have you, that I'll have any true influence in saving a life because I don't have that science background. However, 
by immersing myself and unlearning the stigmatic beliefs and regaining that confidence and feeling re-empowered enough to engage, I am more confident that I can possibly save one life. Now, if you multiply that to the population, more mm. importantly, if you multiply that to the four out of the five people who aren't struggling with mental health issues, mm. imagine the impact that would have. And so the epiphany was to condense a lot of this reading that I did, get true experts to write up a tutorial system to unlearn them. And I partnered up with some leading heads and minds on the field from Superfriend, Margot Leiden and her group, as well as uh, Roses in the Ocean. And we came up with four tutorials. Each tutorial takes no more than 10 minutes to read. So what I'm saying is at Prop, we don't ask you for a dollar. We ask you for something much more valuable, your time. Are you willing to give us 40 minutes separated over four parts or 10 minutes each tutorial to unlearn the stigma? Now, by enrolling in this tutorial system, this educational system, we would never claim that you will come out to be a therapist. That's not the goal. The goal is hopefully to jolt and shatter some of this stigmatic beliefs to allow you to feel re-empowered enough to engage with friends and loved ones who may be struggling with suicidal thoughts. Can you give us just a, an overview of each of those four programs about what people learn? Here's one thing. Uh, when people ask me, well, how do you know if you have this stigmatic belief? And I say, well, if you have a friend who is battling cancer, stage three or four, would you approach them and say, but you have so much to live for? Would you approach them and say, take some vitamins, go out, breathe some air, go out in the air, do a lot of exercise? Would you approach them with solutions? Or would you approach them with empathy? Mm. And by that, I'm referring to, would you sit and hold their hand and say, I'm here for you? Mm. You would probably do the latter because you know that you don't ha- it's not within you, medically speaking, to cure them. But doesn't mean you run away from them. It doesn't also mean that you offer obtuse Stigmatic, stigmatically focused recommendations of trying to cure them. Smell, you know, go out and for a walk. You know, you have so much to live for. You have so much to be happy for. You have a great family. You have great kids. You would never say that. And so, this is what the one of the the main things that this tutorial focuses on is to try to break away from that by teaching us to show empathy instead of sympathy Mm. the difference between the two is empathy is something we share whereas sympathy is something we give what Mm. someone who is struggling with suicidal thoughts the last thing they want is your sympathy your pity because that is riddled 
with judgmental thoughts. Sitting and being present is way more productive and helpful than holding their hand and suggesting that they go outside more often and exercise. And so the four-part tutorial is really broken into that and digs deep in, uh, again, written by experts in the field. It's not written by myself because that is not my background. My background is economics. So the furthest thing possible from, again, <laughs> uh, psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. But I have approached people who are in the know and mm -hmm. they help us to unlearn the stigmatic beliefs and be more empathetic, be more present, be uh, non-judgmental. We've mm -hmm. also uh, re-released the prop tutorial uh, just recently, and we've added to it videos of our short interview of people with lived experience. And we've asked these individuals, if you could go back to those dark days, when you were struggling with your suicidal thoughts, what would you want your loved ones to know to best communicate, engage, and help you? So not only do we have the tutorial in there, but we also have added two mm. videos per tutorial that relate to the subject matter within that tutorial. And so hopefully the videos will supplement what they've read or let's face it, video is the new text. It will encourage people, if they watch the video, to read the text. Mm -hmm. So either way, the quid pro quo it, it is to get involved. And we have supplied uh, tutorials plus videos of eight in total of eight different individuals with lived experience highlighting as well as um, suggesting ways to best engage with loved ones who may be struggling with suicidal thoughts. Yeah, okay, absolutely amazing. All right, so let's, uh, for the first time, just tell people what is the website, Robert, that people can go to? Well, um, we encourage and we would like everyone to please have a look at the webpage, which is www.prop.org.au. That's www.prop org.au. Mm -hmm. Prop is the acronym for people reaching out to people. We are also on Facebook under Prop, comma, people reaching out to people. And we are also on LinkedIn under Prop, dot, uh, comma, dot people reaching out to people. Fantastic. If you want to Google us, then Google us under Prop, comma, mental health. Uh, because if you Google Prop, you can imagine there's everything from property to rugby websites. <laughs> yeah, I want to get the right one. All right, look, Brilliant. I've got one more question. Thank you so, so much for coming on the program. It's uh, a lot of valuable information that you've just shared with us all there. So thank you so much for that. Um, the other area, of course, is that you mentioned one lady who'd lost about a third of her friends when her partner committed suicide. So um, that's another area, isn't it, that... Um, it's not just people who might be having those issues themselves, but it's then that we're too scared to talk to the people who are left behind sometimes. Yes. And, and, and again, my friend, she wasn't, uh, when she, we had this conversation, she wasn't being critical of her friends. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Rather, she was just saying that it's interesting that the stigma not only impacts those Mm -hmm. who may be struggling Mm -hmm. with the mental health issues Mm -hmm. or um, what, what, you know, bipolar or whatever, or suicidal thoughts, but it also impacts those who've lost loved ones to suicide because for the same reason, they don't know what to say. What do I Mm. say to my friend who's lost Mm. her husband or Mm. her son to suicide? Mm. I want to embrace her. I want to hug her. I want to hold her, Mm. but I don't know what, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And you can see this really goes back to my earlier point, Kate, that at the end of the day, the stigmatic belief is like a handcuff. It prevents us from engaging those that we would normally engage, we would normally be present for, but because it's related to mental health, we don't. Another quick example, when we launched PROP back in 2016, I was very fortunate to receive an email from a lady who thanked us for the tutorial. And she says, I didn't think I had the stigmatic beliefs until I heard your presentation. And so I enrolled and the more I learned, the more I realized I had this stigmatic belief. So thank you, I will be more present. Mm -hmm. Fast forward two months and this dear, dear lady reached out to me and she said, I have to thank you profusely because I just got back from the school, from the counselor's office. It turns out that my son is having suicidal thoughts and wants to die through suicide. I don't know how well I could have handled it before reading the tutorial, but I know I'm much stronger and feel more empowered to engage with my son now than before when I read it. And again, I think that's the purpose of PROP. PROP is not going to help you cure anyone. PROP is not for the individual who is challenged by suicidal thoughts. Prop tutorial is for the the four out of the five who aren't having suicidal thoughts, who aren't struggling with mental health. It's Mm. for them to help them feel empowered so they can engage Mm. and empathize Mm. with Mm. friends and loved ones. Mm. No, no, you've made it really clear. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robert, for uh, joining me today on Go Well. Thank you, Kate, and thank you for this opportunity. And for all those who do sign up, thank you. And we ask only for one thing to help by paying it forward. Once you complete the tutorial, should you find it interesting and rewarding, please refer it to at least three friends. Help Mm. us by paying it forward.